Welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Charlie, today we have one of our favorites. I, I know that for sure. Um, guy joined Milwaukee in 2014, played in the Stanley Cup final, and uh, boy, this last year, uh, unfortunately, no longer with the Admirals organization. Uh, but what we saw him do for the Pittsburgh Penguins this year was I think something we all thought would happen given some playing time in the NHL. And it's great to have Freddie Gaudreau joining us on this week's podcast. Freddie, it's good to see you. It's good to talk to you. How's everything going? Thank you guys. It's so fun to be with you. Everything's good. Um, yeah, just, uh, just life is good. Good year. But what this year, it was obviously different for everybody. Free agency doesn't come around until October. Season doesn't get going. Training camp doesn't get going until mid-January. What was it like for you, uh, your first, really first time getting the opportunity to choose where you wanted to play? Yeah, it was was special. I didn't know how it would go. Um, it It was a crazy day. I was expecting it to be longer. Um... That's what my agent had prepared me to. Uh, he just had told me that it could it could it could be long actually because uh, most of the time the big names come out first and stuff. And so I kind of woke up. I think it was a Friday, and then I I, I woke up just taking it easy, not expecting too much of that out of that day. And uh, the complete opposite that happened. The phone started to ring as soon as the the market opened and uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just had to make quick decisions uh, for that year, for the, for, for my future. Um, and, and basically uh, I, I was really happy to uh, finally feel uh, a team really good. And, uh, and I think I was, I was right about that feel. I was happy to join the, the Penguins and um, everything worked out well. So when the offers come in, just so I get, uh, so we can get an idea, are you like, they they all go to your agent, right? All the offers go to your agent and then he calls you immediately afterwards or does he sit on a couple, three, four, and then call you and say, okay, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this and this. Yeah. So he basically, he he gets all the calls in and then he transfers to me. So some uh, GM or assistant GM. So you do speak with somebody. From yeah, a team. so so some some teams they want to talk directly to me. So uh, talk, they talked with my agent and they say, could we talk with Freddie? Um, we we would like to just share with him what we think of him and and what we have to offer to him. Um, and so so basically, in that day, I get I get calls. Uh, so he's like, okay, that team, the, the assistant GM is gonna call you soon. So then I get a call, then I talk with with that that person, and then. Um, and then yeah, he just sells his his program. He sells uh, he sells why he believes I would be a good fit and all those things. Um, but then meanwhile, I have other teams too. So that day there was like overall there was like like seven teams that I was uh, that I knew were interested, and then four teams made like offers if we wow. like final offers if we want to call that, but those teams, the way it works is that if it's not me, it's the other guy under, because they all have lists. Um, so they can't uh, give you an infinite amount of time because they, if, if you say no and then it's too long, then maybe the other guy is going to say no too. So 
Um, they give you timelines. They put pressure in that way. Some teams, they say, I need to know in 30 minutes. Some teams say, I need to know in two hours. Some teams say, <laughs> I need to know before before today, before today ends. Um, and so meanwhile, I have, I have Kirsten, my girlfriend, that she's uh, listening to all the calls. And then she's, uh, she's texting her brother, uh, that that is really good with all the stats and stuff. Um, she's texting her brother, okay, I'm hearing that team. And so he goes and he, he sends me all the rosters. He sends me all the, he looks at all the news from that team. So by the time he sends me that, I read that, but then I have to take another call. And then she hears and again, she's like, all right, she sends, she gets, let's say she, she, she understands, okay, that's this team. Then she sends it to her brother. He sends it back to me. So I get like bunch of rosters, but in my situation, it's different too, because it's not like, um, it's not like I knew I would be in the NHL hundred uh, percent. I have to look at the whole organization. So uh, what's the depth chart in both teams? Mm-hmm. Also what both cities look like, because you can end up in a really nice city in the NHL, but it, maybe it's not as nice in the AHL. So you got to look at all of it. And there's a veteran issue in the American Hockey League, a veteran issue. Yeah, there's all there's you know all those things. So you got to look at it all. You got to look at what you really feel inside with with all those um, things that you read uh, about it. So uh, that's how it went, and uh, basically, yeah. And then so throughout the day, I had offers in Pittsburgh. You know, it kind of went away in my mind, and then to towards the end of the day, like I had to make decisions because it was now or like almost never, you know, I was asking, I was like, I feel like I'm not ready to do this. I'm not sure about my, my, my choices now. And, and my agents were like, you know, it's, it's up to you, but if it's not now, it could, it could end up being later and the offers could be less, you know? So, so then, and then Pittsburgh came back in my mind and, I don't know why at that time it made so much sense to me. Um, I really felt it. Then I called, I called my agent back and we had some things to figure out uh, with the organization. And then, yeah, he called me back. He said, do you want to do this? I said, yeah, let's do it. He said, all right, I'll call the GM. And then uh, it was the assistant GM and then they, they made it happen. That so. seriously sounds like the hardest day you've ever had in hockey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I, I swear I didn't eat the whole day because I didn't have time. I yeah. didn't have time. I seriously had no time. Kirsten was just, she would listen. She would listen to like my calls and then she would give me infos, but I didn't have time to talk or like, Oh, what do you think? Like, yeah, we, towards the end of the day, like for sure we would, we would, talk about those things but it was just like information coming in and coming in and coming in and i had to make a decision so my head was hurting i didn't eat but it was uh when i signed i you know i was just like oh oh, that was crazy that was a good experience a huge sigh of relief yeah the uh so what when you haven't when all these teams when seven teams are calling and talking to you what are they what are they saying to you? Like, what do they like about you? What do they expect out of you and, and, and whatnot? Yeah, basically, they, they get, well, they would give me um, 
kind of the the reasons why they wanted to sign me. Um, and you know, some teams they could they could say, "Oh, we think you're that type of player, that type of player." And if it resonates well within me, that's a good you know that's a good step. But if the team says, "You know, we love your your toughness, your your grit, all that," then I'm like, "Wait, that's you know that's, you know that's who I am. number one reason." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the number one reason uh, why I play hockey or, or that I I'm where I am right now. So. You know, if, if that would be the case, you know, uh, you know, you kind of get a feel with what they tell you. So basically, yeah, they they tell you why they like you, why they think you're a good fit for their organization. Um, but also, yeah, they 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 kind of sell their program. They sell why why they're a good organization, why you could uh, um, make it in their lineup, and all those things. So, yeah. coincidentally. Pittsburgh is when you were with Nashville. Pittsburgh is the place you probably had your greatest success as an NHL player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if it's that coincidentally, if that's a good word, <laughs> if I can say that right. But you know, I I think for sure it was uh, it was still in their mind. Obviously, like uh, it's not the number one reason why they wanted to sign me. Obviously, but right. it was still there. It was still there for sure, um, because obviously, if you see a guy in your face, um, like live, I mean, doing doing what he can, then you you know it's easier to remember, and it's you feel more safe finding a guy like that than if you're only seeing them on, on videos or on on uh, uh, yeah on or on replays. Speaking of highlights, uh, one of the great highlights in the NHL this past season was you shorthanded against Buffalo, knocking down a pass, all of that. It, 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 was, it was so awesome, and it was like something we've seen in Milwaukee so many times. And it was, that's why it was, I think that's why it was so great to see that kind of play from you. Can you, can you talk us through knocking that pass down and then – finding a way when you really had no angle to make a play and, and get an easy goal. Yeah, thank you, Sinzi. I appreciate that. It's uh it was just uh I don't know, it was just um you know there's this place sometimes like that where you you don't really overthink it. You know, if I would have overthink it or if it would have been my 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 fears of making a mistake that would have stepped up or uh, you know we a lot of them we see just all the safe plays. I would have probably dumped it in the corner, but yeah, it was just in the moment. I felt it. I felt like I could, uh, um, I could do something with it. And also, coming, um, you know, from my experience too, I, 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 I realized that um, sometimes you kind of have to try to create those moments in order to keep your. Um, your spot so it's good to be safe it's good to be all that but uh, sometimes especially for me um, I need to create things offensively too and I felt like if I was playing the safe game all the time it wasn't maybe not the the best thing for me so uh, I guess that, that was part of my mindset going in uh, every game I was just trying to create things and then at that moment I know we were in the PK but I felt like I could create some things and like I said, it was just uh, the instinct that again, and uh, it was one of those plays that that it feels good to to accomplish. 
Yeah, it and, was fun. And again, we say we've seen it three times in Milwaukee, but I remember reading Pittsburgh papers and all of that, uh, pointing out that you had very little NHL experience on special teams. But it, it goes to show you how important and, and a player you were and how important it was to earn the special teams time in the American Hockey League. Well, that translates to the next level. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, you know, I, like they like they said, like you just said, I think I, I didn't have much experience on on special units in the NHL. Um, yeah, I think I had and played one shift basically, and maybe one or two shifts on the PK in Nashville, but that's about it. Otherwise, in all the games I played, I didn't play a shift on the power player or a shift on the PK, and but but I played a ton of, of those, uh, of those in, in Milwaukee and uh, which made me feel comfortable going into NHL games and playing on, uh, on special units. Um, so yeah, for sure. It's huge. I think, uh, I think there's nothing better in the AHL to, to, for a player to create his confidence and, and all that, because it really, it really can translate to the NHL level in my opinion. Oh, how different is be the playing on the PK at the American League as opposed to the NHL, right? Like, obviously, very good players in the American League, but when you're playing on the PK in the NHL, there's you know Alex Ovechkin and you played with him, Sidney Crosby, like all the yeah. stud star, amazing players that we watch every night. Uh, and, and so how uh, they're so creative and uh, so how different is it? And was there an adjustment for you, or was it just like like you're saying? I played there, I had the confidence, I know what I'm doing. It's it's hockey, but just at it with a with you know at a at a higher level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I'm not gonna lie. For sure, there's a little extra um, uh, at first. I would say a little extra level of uh, of stress, or because you feel like some of those guys, like you feel do things even if you're there you know what i mean if you're in the passing lane doesn't mean they won't make the pass and and right. i mean in the hl too for sure there's so many good players but like you said there's just a little extra magic at times that can happen so you got to be extra aware but um I, for sure i stepped in i was confident uh, but i i think i i built i built that confidence so you want to on the pk shift you that you don't get scored on and then the next shift you feel good and then you don't get scored on again. And then the more, the more you do it, the more you build that confidence. And um, instead of being impressed by all those guys, you're just part of it and you just play the game as it is. And you don't overthink it because of the talent on the ice. Crosby and, and those guys, you're in the locker room with them now, Melkin and all these unbelievable Olympians. I mean, just these great players. Is that a little do you get do you get starstruck? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie for sure, guy. Sid, as an example, I mean the, the you can call obvious, him Sid. You can you can yeah, call him Sid. No, <laughs> yeah, most, Aaron and most, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't. The, the most. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, if you would if you would know the guy, you, you would you'd feel like you can. He's uh, he's so chill. He's uh, he's awesome. So, uh, but yeah. So Sid, as an example, he's. Uh, the most obvious example um, everywhere back home since I'm a kid, you know, everybody knows Sid. 
you get you have somebody that doesn't know hockey probably still knows yeah. it you know right um for sure it was a, a special thing and i and i got starstruck uh, a little bit i'm not gonna lie but uh it it faded away really quickly because he has that that presence that just makes you feel good that makes you feel like you're worth being there and uh and all that so that so was, uh, which was it which were you more i don't want to say if you will use the word starstruck was it meeting mike ribeiro or was it meeting Sidney <laughs> crosby which one was it which one were you like oh my god i'm meeting this guy I'm playing with uh, this that's guy. a good question. That's a good question because uh, Ribby, the first time I met him was at camp in in Nashville, and, oh, and right. Ribby has uh, yeah Ribby and and I was younger, you know, and um, Ribby has he really has that that different uh, different presence too, you know. He has that different style. We were in the gym, but you know, he doesn't, you know. <laughs> Ribby wasn't was, was Ribby in the gym? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> The first time I met him was in the gym, though I got I got to say so. <laughs> um, so um, so a funny story about Ribby. I got a good one for you guys too. It's, it's you won't believe it, but anyway, I'll tell you after. So I think both guys. I I would say I was uh, uh yeah I was impressed uh for sure. But I mean yeah prob- probably should. Probably okay, so what's your Ribby yeah. story? What's your microbarrel story? Okay, so so listen to that. I'm in the, I'm in the Cranberry. So so the Penguins we play in Pittsburgh, and the practice rink is in Cranberry. And uh, I was in the hotel this year. So our our uh, our hotel is just across the street from the from the rink, the practice rink. And then um, uh, I come back from uh, from outdoor with the. Uh, with my dog go up the stairs going back to my to my room my hotel room and then a guy comes out of of uh of his uh, room far and I, I see from far and i'm like man this guy like has the same style as ribby like it's crazy and i get closer i get closer then we go ribby then he said mochum like uh because he would call us mochum like my friend and then we're like whoa what's going on oh like how does that happen you know random and cranberry and he was my neighbor in the room like the we were at the same floor neighbor room so uh i just couldn't believe it how crazy it was and i i guess he's just he's coaching his kid and there's often there was a hockey tournament at our practice rinks oh. um, but it was ribby the ribby so i texted, wow. I texted the boys right away so you guys want to leave it <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome that's yeah. really that's crazy coincidence yeah. Yeah, uh, is. the last time you and i talked six to eight weeks ago you had said and we're talking about being starstruck that you had yet to meet because of covid you had yet to meet mario lemieux so yeah. has that changed since things have relaxed a little bit has no. that changed it hasn't changed no unfortunately uh. Uh, sorry, Sidney. That's all right. To tell you more, but I think I told you years ago. I went to the ESPY Awards, and it was the first year they were in Vegas. So I think it was like it was Valentine's Day of like '99, and or 2000. Valentine's Day of 2000, and um, like everybody had an entourage around them. All of these stars. There was my, the track star Michael Johnson. There was Sybil Shepherd. There was Stuart Scott. There were all these people. And the what only was, person who did Sybil not... What was Sybil Shepherd doing? 
they had all these celebrities there. Vivica A. Fox, uh, Rick Schroeder was there. I mean, it was it was Harry Bradshaw, it was uh, Joe Theismann. All of these people were there. Uh, the only person who did not have an entourage around them was Mario Lemieux. Oh, really? He's the only one who was walking through the area by himself. Everybody else had handlers and they were carrying luggage and all of this stuff. And Mario yeah. Lemieux was the only one that did not have that. Yeah. So yeah. that's my only experience face to face, other than sitting in a corner at the Met Center watching him with Pittsburgh fight Stu Gavin of the North Stars. And Mario had about eight inches on Stu. And uh, it was it was like he was it was like he was pounding a hammer because he was so much taller than Stuart Gavin, <laughs> he was, he was nailing him to the ice. So yeah. Stu could throw those. Stu could, Stu could handle himself. Yeah, I would. Uh, pro- I would probably be starstruck. Though I, I have to say, I I heard so many uh, good things about the obviously the the player, but just the man he is. Like everybody uh, talks about all classy of a man he is and how great of a person he is so I, i'd probably start well, i'd probably be starstruck from he from he can be credited with saving pittsburgh hockey twice right when he when he was first drafted and then when he put together the group he, to buy the team to buy him yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it, it's pretty impressive i, I want to go back to the beginning of the season you're in the you don't know you've spent your entire career in nationals organization you know there's new players that come and go, of course, but for the most part, you know, the players, you know, the staff, you know, the coaches. Now you go into a completely new environment. What was that like for you? Like you said, uh, Nashville was different um, after the first year, because every time you go back, you see the same people. And so that there's that stress that's gone of, of the unknown. And you know where the practice rink is, you know where the game rink is, you know where the restaurants around you are, the hotel and all that. So, that unknown uh, was gone after the first year and I had to go through that again this year. Um, but I really focused on just enjoying it um, instead of being stressed about it. I just, uh, I just realized that if I would be stressed, it'd be because I would expect things from, from, from situations or I would see too far. And I, I really, I really just thought to myself that, uh, it was awesome to go through that again and that it was the time to enjoy it. So that's really, it really was my mindset going into it. And that's how it went. You know, it went really smoothly. People made me feel um, like home right away. Um, yeah. The staff, the, the guys were awesome. So it really went the smoothly. And then guys uh, at Pine Bay contract, I was, uh, I was just that. And yeah, they kind of lose that fire. They kind of lose that, uh, uh, that will to, 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 to fight for their spot and and they they lose yeah they lose that that edge that they were playing with um, and I think it says it all you know I, when you are always uh, or you're in the young comfort or you gotta prove yourself or you gotta or you gotta yeah you're in the new locker room or sort of things like that you always feel like you need to show up more so you give the best of you um, and naturally you know like I said sometimes you see that. Uh, when people tend to to get too comfortable, they they lose that that edge. The, yeah. the this this season was so we've said this a billion times. You've heard it a billion times. This was a unique season, right? And talk about it. What it was like from your perspective, especially with like the taxi squad, because it was. I liken to it to like it's like purgatory, right? You're not like you're you're part of the team, limbo, but you're not. Yeah. yeah, you're not on the team, and you're not playing games and. 
you would you play like six games in the American League and you spent a lot of time on the taxi squad. So what was that like for yeah. you, especially mentally? How do you how do you maintain that edge that Aaron's talking about without getting sort of like depressed about it? Yeah, honestly, I was in a really good state of mind going into it. Um, I would I was seeing that just as a really good opportunity to build up while other guys are playing and it's hard and uh, they're just going every day or every two days with a game and um, bodies getting banged up while on my side I'm practicing and I'm working out and I get the chance to, to build up um, and that was where my focus was every day really um, going into this this year but especially in the taxi squad and I just thought if, if I keep building up um, I, when, whenever I come back on the ice for a game, whenever is my, my chance to come back, then I believe I, I can be a step better than I, than I was and, and more energized than, you know, the guys that are probably playing every day. And then it, it so then it becomes a really good opportunity for me. And that's basically how I saw, um, I saw it coming in it and uh, how I lived it during. And uh, it really, it weirdly all unfolded the, the the way I thought so it was it was an interesting year in Pittsburgh um there's always it's it seems like Pittsburgh always has injuries and they always have guys that come in and step up yourself included this year 10 points in 19 games is, is nothing to sneeze at um but then the GM leaves and there's a new GM and there's a new president Brian Burke who has Admiral's ties uh there's the Jeff Carter trade he comes in and you get to hop in with, play with him. Uh, yeah. it's, yeah. it, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Everything that went on and year in and year out, Pittsburgh is, is an elite team. And and they yeah. maintained that even throughout all of this last season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, like you said, we've seen that often um, from, from that team in the past guys that just come in and step, step in. And, uh, but I think it's, it's, it's really, uh, there's a lot of passion you can you can just tell and it starts with the big leaders um you know every day they show up and they're the last one leaving off the ice and they just they just work hard to get better even if they're the best you know already you know they prove everything but they keep work hard keep working hard to get better and it's just contagious um everywhere everywhere in the in the lineup basically and uh, i think that's that's part of the, probably the biggest part of this whole success or team that keep keep being good is just that passion throughout the whole lineup. It, it, it took you about two months to get into an NHL game. Once you got into an NHL game, a game with the, with the Penguins, you basically never left. You were in the lineup all the time. Uh, at what point does it, do you have the confidence that like, okay, I'm playing, like you can sort of, breathe easy knowing when you walk in the room, your name is going to be on the board or maybe you, maybe that never happens. Maybe you always have to go in and, and be like, Hey, am I playing tonight or am I not? With the depth that we had for sure. I never really knew. Uh, I, I knew after a little while, I knew that uh, the, the staff liked me, that they trusted, they trusted me. Um, but I never, uh, I'd say I never, you know, like I said, the, 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 we, we had so much depth, so I, I wasn't confident, if that's the right word, I, I wasn't confident to 
uh, like you said, step in the, the room and know that my name would for sure be there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I, again, I just saw, uh, I just was happy every time I would see it and I would be grateful for every game I would be in the lineup. Uh, but I wasn't at that point where I knew for sure, like a, like a big veteran that he's going to be in the lineup. I wasn't there at all. I, I, I meant to ask this before, why number 11? How was that? Uh, how did that uh, come out? You are, you were 89 in Milwaukee. Uh, and honestly, I can't remember what you were in Nashville. Uh, but uh, what were you, what, what was the significance behind the number 11? So um, basically I was 11, my probably my whole life. And then coming junior, I got traded from Shawinigan to Drummondville. And I couldn't get 11. A player was playing with it. And then I asked for other numbers, couldn't get it. Uh, he, he was probably in the, in, in the roofers or other players were playing with it. And then uh, 89 came into my mind simply because it was 100 minus uh, 11. <laughs> 89. And that's then, great. Uh, that's, that's all. great. That's all. That was like the closest number that, or the most meaningful number that that was it that was 89 i played that year with it and i really liked it i don't know what i had a good year it was fun so i got comfortable with that number then i came in uh, milwaukee uh, 89 was my number and then um going to pittsburgh i wanted 89 too but but i couldn't get it so uh i thought again and and the, there's something extra with that is that i lost the one of my best buddy uh to to cancer probably uh th three years ago and um he uh his whole life was a great hockey player too and he had he had number 11 11 was his number uh, wow. and it was a really deep like important number for him and uh and when i thought again about that for sure number 11 uh i when i thought about that number it was you know uh I thought about because it was my old number, but most importantly, he kind of came up to me uh, or it, my friend came up to me. I felt like, um, and it was important for me to play with that number for him and with him in a way. And I, so I, I texted his parents and I asked them if I could, uh, if I could use this number because I know it was really important for them and for him. And they, they were really happy that, uh, that I that I would do that, so they they let me do it for sure, and uh, and then that number became more than just my old number. It became really more meaningful to me, and weirdly, I felt like uh, we were kind of playing together this whole time because he was a, uh, I think it, NHL was for sure playing games in the NHL and was for sure one of his biggest dream, and uh, hockey was his his biggest passion. So it was a uh, it was special to wear that number again. So. That's, a, that's 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 number 11. That's beautiful. That's awesome I you story. know yeah, speaking of of 89 and not to not to harp on this or belabor this point but that's an organization where the greatest players in franchise history all have non-hockey numbers. Lemieux at 66, Yager at 68, Crosby 87, Malkin 71, right? I mean 89 isn't out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, there's also a thing in hockey, like I numbers. It's like it's uh, not not anymore, but like I, I guess before, like I numbers is kind of a 
it's a it's it our numbers for big stars too. Yeah, so, it's one uh, to thir- right. it's one to thirty for everybody, and then Gretzky can yeah. have ninety nine. Lemieux yeah, can have sixty six. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So uh, I think I think eleven's perfect right now. I, I'm just I'm right there. Uh, I'm I'm really happy about it. It's meaningful to me. But yeah, eighty nine was a uh, probably a thing of the past, but. Uh, I still I still love that number very much. You know, you you had the opportunity. You were thinking about going the U.S. college route. You ended up playing in juniors, and you, you referenced playing in, in juniors. Um, I I just found this that when you were traded from Drummondville uh, to from Schwinnigan to Drummondville, you wanted to complete the semester of school you were in back in Schwinnigan. So you would drive four hours round trip, two hours one way to go do labs, to go take exams, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd probably say it's probably three hours round trip, like one and a half. But yeah, I would I would because uh, it was really important to me. So I got traded in November. So the session would finish in uh, December, uh, something like that, January maybe. I'm not even sure, but I still had like a month maybe a month to, to finish my school. But yeah, for sure, it was important to me to drive. And teams were really good um, about it, too. They, they let me do what I had to do. And so, but yeah, that was a grind. That was a little grind, I would say. Just sticking your, no- your nose was in, the- your nose had to be in the book all the time. You're playing you outside of practice and games. Your nose had to be in a book pretty much all the time. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was a tough time. For me, that uh, that period, like the the junior hockey, um, because I, I I decided that I wanted to be in like so. There's a thing before college we do uh, we do CJEP, it's called back home. So it's like a transition between high school and and uh, college universities. Yeah. Um, so you gain some college I'm, credits then, or what? Or what? Uh, I'm not even. I don't even think so. It's uh, normally it's two years, but. You get you guys do grade until grade twelve. We do on until grade eleven. Yeah. Um, but we do an extra two years of CJEP. Okay. Two years is is what it should take you if you do it with the normal classes. But playing hockey, you can't do it in two years. It's impossible. Or some guys have, have done it, but uh, I, I actually know one guy that has done it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, so I chose to do like the science program, which was uh, with all like the doctors and, and those things, just because I wanted to open all the doors. But I basically, I did it in four years and uh, I still have one class left to do it. So uh, it was a tough time because I, w- I'm, I can't really do things like F. I need to be fully involved in what I do and to be fully involved in hockey and in school at the same time was a, was a tough time. But uh, where I found that it said, uh, he'll eventually explore university options, which will include his passion for architecture. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't ago. know. Do, do you still have a passion for architecture? No, no, not really. <laughs> I, I had, I had a bit. <laughs> um, because that was at, you know, that was at the time where I didn't really know what I wanted to do. For sure, architecture was the thing. That's probably one of the reasons why I, I went into that program because that was the only one that would open the doors for it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I would call that a big passion, but yeah, it's something I, I like. Um, but no, I'm not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you, in Milwaukee, 
we always saw you. You were you you had so many good friends, Freddie Allard, Anthony Richard, Alex Carrier. We we called you that you got nicknamed the Frenchies. So Felix. Yeah, Felix Felix, Felix Gerard, Gerard, yeah. Yeah. Who yeah, did you Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, sorry, geez. Uh on this year's team, who did you hang out with? Who are your friends? Do you naturally gravitate to the uh to the Quebec guys, uh, or, or is it guys your age or people who live in the same complex? Obviously, it's a little different in the NHL because a lot of guys are married and have um, families and so on and so forth. So, and this year you may not even have been able to congregate that much outside yeah, of that's the a good point. Yeah, I didn't that, even think about that's that. The thing too. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is there's no like restaurants or anything like that. So, uh, um, but I would say, so I felt like every guy. Is, we're there for the same reason as me, which is just hockey because they loved hockey. So it was, it was really natural to uh, feel comfortable with all of them. Um, there was a uh, Max Legacy, the goalie. Yeah. yeah um, I kind of knew him a little bit before. So uh, we, we really connected for sure. And then uh, Radim Zorna, he's a uh, six, Six, six or six seven check yeah. he played he played in pittsburgh and in yep. both this year it was his first year uh in north america and yeah i just uh you you know i remember it made me feel like uh like cami caminez you know coming <laughs> in the first year speaks speaks english but uh, you know not not as much as, as other guys and uh i don't know i've always gravitated towards those uh those guys where I feel like I can be, um, yeah, a good, good influence for them or just, uh, help them in any way I can. And, but we really, uh, was a good body, but basically all, all, you know, obviously the, the French guys that were with us this year. And, and then when I started to play in, in Pittsburgh, then, you know, the old room, obviously great guys, just so fun to be with. So everybody was cool. So, so when, Oh, go uh, ahead, Charlie, sorry, please. Go ahead. When you talk, when you talk to Sid, do you guys talk in French or do you talk in English? Yeah, you know what? I, he spoke with me in French. Uh, you know, depends what type of conversation, but sure, uh, he's he's way better in French than I thought. He's like really good, really really good. I didn't know he was that good, so it was it was funny every time he would speak French. I'd start laughing because it was kind of every time it was like a surprise or. He's really good in French. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I would figure he had a, probably, you know, he obviously played in the queue, and uh, and I figured his French would be okay, but I didn't know if maybe, and he would try and do that as a comfort thing for you as well. So that's pretty cool that he would that you would do that with him. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, he's like I said before, he's got that presence of always uh, making people feel good. So I think that was a way for him to kind of uh yeah make me feel good so yeah it was uh and, and tree yeah, trunks for legs right his he's notorious for his legs are like as thick as people's waists right like this guy is so strong that he you know yeah he's got to get I, designer jeans because they don't fit yeah i think uh you you see him skate the way he skates uh yeah, you can just imagine how strong he is for sure he's one of a kind so what is next for you uh, now? You had the one-year deal in Pittsburgh. It would seem to me that it was a great marriage, you, you and, and the Penguins. So I, I, don't, I don't know, and maybe you can't tell tales out of school here, but uh, it would seem to me that you have found a good spot for the next couple of years. 
I really felt like home the first time I went there. It felt great. Uh, you guys were awesome. Um, organization was awesome. They they made me feel comfortable, and uh, I really liked the, the style of hockey too. Uh, I feel like uh, it's a it's a really organic style of hockey. They they let us play and all that, and um, so yeah, I lo I love it there. Uh, uh, I don't have a contract for next year, and that we'll see. That's more my agent that deals with that. Um, but I have nothing but good things to say about Pittsburgh, and um, for sure, it'd be it'd be great to to go back. And uh, but we'll see how that goes. That's uh, that's all business stuff, and that's more my agent. One of the one of the I shouldn't say one of the greatest thing for us this year in Milwaukee. I think, and I, I think I'm speaking for Charlie and for for many people around here since the Admirals didn't play, was watching the players from that 1920 team have the success they did, not only in Nashville, but yourself, Colin Blackwell, Daniel Carr, Troy Grosnick gets back to the NHL for the first time in years. Um, it was really a blast to see. And 21 out of the 31 players off that team were at least on the taxi squad if not playing in the games. I mean, that's incredible. That's flat out yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw that too. And it's it's awesome to see. But there's a little pinch, you know, because we just can think of what could have happened with that team. I, I mean, we all, since day one, we all were working for to be contenders. Um, when it finished, we were first in the league. So we would that that would have been the goal to go for the cup for sure like that that's where everybody's minds were at and um, you know look you look at the depth you looked at every guys that played or either played or were in the taxi squad this year um, we had the team and we had the team I believe so and so it's kind of hard to to look back at it because uh, it would have been really fun but it is what it is we can't can be we, we can't uh think too much about it yeah you know we uh with the admirals just celebrated the anniversary of our only calder cup championship and aaron and i we've talked on this podcast with a lot of those guys and we always hear like that team that could that team in 04 we could play every single way and we won it in wilkesbury by the way uh just as a to close the loop a little bit and that team could play every single way and it had scorers it had tough guys it had grinders Rugged, yeah. Yeah. and i think that i think of that exact same thing about that 1920 team for the admirals like it didn't matter who we were playing what their style was we could match them or we could play whatever however we wanted or we could match them and probably beat them and that was uh and to your point it's like you, the what ifs are just man are they there yeah yeah uh, i mean and and our goalies like Oh, like there was no there was I think we had no weakness sometimes you think okay like the first two lines and then uh, and then it's not too good or the first three and then it's going to be tough like the fourth line won't be able to play and that, there was none of that everybody was like unbelievable players plus we had extras that were really good depth player that you always need on the run our D's were incredible and then you think oh well you know, if they only have one goalie, then it's it's tough because it's going to be a it's grand frame and stuff. No, we had two goalies that could go back and forth. Like, 
uh, that was unbelievable. I think we had, we for sure had the team in my mind. And, and to your point about the goalies, we didn't have a goalie pulled the entire season. Troy got, I think Troy got hurt in the game. In the first game of the injury. year. Yeah. And, and then one time somewhere else where Connor yeah. came in. Yeah. Uh, but never, we never had a goalie pulled because of performance. Although <laughs> I know Carl, uh, there was sometimes there was some concern about how loosey goosey the backup goalie would be on the day of the game, right? Like they knew it was just switching every other day. So if it was Troy who was sitting back, they might've been a little too casual or Connor yeah. maybe a little too casual, but that's the fun of the whole thing is that they celebrated each other's success and the team celebrated success. It was just, it was such a, it was such a great uh, combination. It was special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't know that stats though, but that's that's crazy. That just says uh, that just says that all. Like, yeah, that's. I don't think that ever happens, really. No, right. no, uh, absolutely. Charlie, you have anything else? Yeah, I I want to ask. Uh, you play. You were in Wilkesbury for a little bit. Are you a fan of The Office? The show, The Office, no, the TV show, The Office. About- I've heard about it. That it's, yeah. Okay. Well, then I, I you, you can disregard the question that because I was just going to ask you when you're walking around Wilkesbury. I mean, I I got I would go there and I would think nothing about. Well, I wonder. You know, here's when this happened in the office. Here, this one happened in the office. But yeah, I'm sure there's <laughs> yeah. references. Every I bet everybody on the team just makes those references all the time. Yeah, every guy say, "Well, do you do you watch The Office?" And I was like, "No." Uh, uh, <laughs> well, that's where it's played. <laughs> yeah indeed yeah. you know the last when you did this we were just starting you were like the fourth or fifth guest that we had uh, on our podcast and now we're up to close to 80 um so and we because you were playing here we didn't ask you the question that we ask everybody when we close this but now we can when you think of your time in milwaukee what do you think of yeah it's it's uh, it's emotional for sure to think back because it's you know you're you're a kid from Quebec not really speaking English too much um, getting out of your comfort zone big time my first road trip to to Milwaukee I had one of my brother and my sister driving with me. Um, up all the way up to Milwaukee to, because it was just so new and stuff. And then uh, I remember, you know, landing in that new world, didn't know what, you know, the pro world, didn't know what would happen. And uh, I met incredible people, lifelong friends, um, and, and the organization. I mean, it's, you know, the, the admirals they do they do things the right way in my opinion uh everybody are great people and i feel like that's the number one thing i've only met great people there uh i've been there you know what overall like five years uh six years but then there was one year i was in Nashville the whole year but it's overall six years and met like i said unbelievable friends and and people and and i now met i met kirsten too in milwaukee so uh, just the city is awesome. The the admirals are awesome. The the people are great. It's just yeah, it's it's emotional. It's it's a part of me. It will always be, and um, I will I will keep that in in my heart forever. And whenever 
whenever I have the chance to go back, I'll be excited to uh, to go visit or or whatever. I uh, I need to tell you, and you, you talk about being emotional. I, I've said this to so many people. I think, and I, I think I've even said this to you. Um, I, I root for former admirals. There's no doubt, but you're right there. I, I, I don't know a guy that I root harder for. And uh, I, I just, I think the world of you. Um, thanks so much for doing this here today and uh, all the best. Thank you, Simzy. Um, same. And I same think I'm speaking I, for Charlie too, by the way. I yeah, don't absolutely. To, to in a, a moment there, but, I mean, uh, honestly, I think in Charlie our. Probably say the same thing. And many people in the office too. Yeah, uh, honestly, in our, in our house, we didn't, we never cheered for Pittsburgh. We didn't like Pittsburgh. And this year in the playoffs, you guys are playing the Islanders. And it was just, well, we got to cheer for the Islanders, right? Because Lane Lambert is a, you know, he's their assistant coach, former Admirals coach. And I said, no, we're actually cheering for Pittsburgh this year because that's where Freddie's playing. And everyone was immediate agreement. Like, oh, yeah, of course we're cheering for Pittsburgh. Forget what we did in the past. This We can change courses because of Goods playing for Pittsburgh now. Uh, thank you, boys. It, it means so much. And, uh, and you know, uh, there's interviews sometimes that you do and you just, you just, you do it by respect and it's uh it's just just normal to do but there's also interviews that you're excited to do and you could you know you could ask Kirsten and I'm with her family here now too and uh and obviously they they know Simsy more because uh, they would watch the games and they all agree they're like man Simsy's the best we've ever heard we've never heard anybody <laughs> better than him it's crazy this guy's alone he can do it all he's he just he entertains us more than the game itself. Like, and then, and then I was telling about Charlie, all like, all funny and, and just, uh, um, just, uh, of a, of a funny clown he can be sometimes. And, and, uh, and I was just excited to, to be with you guys today. So it's always fun. If you guys have more podcasts or to feel, to feel, uh, just just give me a call i'll be there for sure it's always fun to talk with you guys we we feel the same way we appreciate that yeah. freddie uh all the best good luck this summer hopefully uh a deal is a little stress uh, less stressful less stressful yeah <laughs> coming up yeah and thank uh and, and and then take care all the best to you and your family thank you guys take care all right that's admiral straight freddie Gaudreau. thanks for listening to this milwaukee admirals podcast